Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they're not experts on. We have subscriptions available, neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts. There are one, two, three, ten, and thirty dollar a month subscriptions available. At ten dollars a month, we will answer a question on the podcast. At thirty dollars a month, we will do an entire podcast based on your topic. I'm joined with the man himself, the the labor faggot. Yes. Jordan. <laughs> Official. Well, maybe. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Pretty good. You look very zen. You look very healthy. Yeah. And I feel it. Oh, good on it's you. It's a new year and it's a you, new me. Is <laughs> how the phrase goes. New year, new me. <laughs> I do you, like that, though. Have you detoxed? Uh, yes. I'm always the one. Something mm. that we will talk about in another podcast, not in this one, but... Man, getting off so even though our entire business model is based off people being on social media, but like just between us, because these are like the core fans. Get the fuck off this stuff. You got to. As they're listening to this on social media. Yeah. And, you know, like good on you for this one. But then after that, come back to Neil and Jordan. But the rest of it, get rid of it. You don't need it. So really quick, just really briefly then, before we do a whole podcast on that. Weren't you always off social media? Yes. <clears throat> but then I would have dirty days. And I think that those days kind of just... You had social media cheat days. Social media... Well, see, this is the other thing as well. You know when people say, like, I have a cheat day. What they really mean is, is one day their self-control did not get the better of them. Yeah. And then they just completely caved. And then there goes a day. And the thing that happens also with social media is... uh it's like alcohol. Like, you might have the hangover the next day. God. But what you don't realize is you have the hangover the next day after that, and you're not even fully functional until like a week later. And apparently in science, like, it's just doing damage to your body for three months. But, like, dude, you have a hangover from the hangover, definitely. You're just not as functional as you are. And if you do brain scans, like, it's still doing things to your cognitive capacity a week later, and then people get trashed again. And it's the same. It's exactly the same. And if you can just go back to an Amish lifestyle, the work you accomplish. But I think that like, dude, just judging from like this, just this shirt, I assume you're fine. I, I spend a lot of time on social media. Do you? A lot, yeah. Well, I suppose that's how you keep up to date with trends. You can justify it like that, I suppose. I do. And I, that's how I keep in contact with everyone, the people I work with, but also just people in my life. And I do potentially struggle with addiction that's why i do have a flip phone so when i go out i good use a flip you. phone good on you uh i wasn't using that for a while i've gone back to that and i do really like the the apps as well mm. <laughs> and it has uh, caused me a lot of grief mm-hmm. uh but i'm they addicted man i gotta uh, when i wake up i i for a while there i was not checking social media for the first two hours but now as soon as i wake up i gotta check the tiktok numbers <sighs> See, that is the worst thing you can do. I know. The worst. Jesus. And that's why I really think that like, uh, look, this is this is what I'm recommending to everybody. Just try and do this for a month. All right. Go cold turkey for a month. But what I want you to do is then just think about throughout your day, because the first couple of weeks, you'll notice that you'll just obsessively go back and try and check your apps, but you yep. get rid of all of your apps and like maybe just keep the weather or something. And you keep the weather because your brain... It's an addiction, dude. Like, it is an addiction. 
your brain will want to be clicking on something basically to just distract itself, being like, what? Paying attention to something for longer than five minutes? No, this can't be right. So it tries to go back to doing something. And so what you should keep is something like the weather there. So you can just check the weather app. and But you're just like slowly weaning your brain off it Gosh. because you'll realize that all of these social media apps, how do they work? Social pressure. It's just like everyone's on this thing. You have to get this thing. And then you just realize there's just all these like bullshit little distractions that you don't need or use or enhance your life at all. And then when you come back after the month, you can be like, no, that one is actually useful. So the weather app is like your methadone. It's your methadone, dude. It's how you wean yourself off. Yes. Yeah, I, I need that. I always justify it by, <laughs> by saying, well, it's my career and I need to be on there. Um, I do have people that upload these podcasts and can upload videos for me. I, can, I could do it for a month. I could schedule everything and then just stay off. That's a, even just thinking about that is a scary thought, which is scary that I it find it scary. It is a scary thought, isn't it? And you know what else is amazing? Because I know that you're a proficient reader. You will see the amount of books that you read skyrocket. Because there's all these, like, even if you're just looking at your phone for like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, it always starts like that, doesn't it? But then you're sucked in for 15 minutes and that's 15 minutes 15, you could have been reading, reading, right? Two hours, right? Yeah. Or like you just yeah. sit there for two hours zombified and you always feel like shit afterwards. And then the other thing is that your brain is just completely disassociated because it's not supposed to be processing like little clippets of information like that. So it takes your brain like a very, I can't remember the numbers, but a very long time to recenter so that you can focus on something good. But dude, you know what you notice? And I think you would definitely be able to attest to this. If you are reading books, even when a video does well, and like I'm the internet's hero that day, I always just move in and out of being the hero and the villain. But like, even if it's like, Obviously, if you're the villain, that'd feel like shit. But like, even if you're the hero and you just have like thousands of people being like, oh my God, that's so good, so good. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, they're praising specifically me. Thousands of people doesn't compare to just reading a book about Julius Caesar that I am now. Like you feel better at the end of that because it's like your mind got protein instead of like little fucking nerds or like pixie sticks or something in it. That's a great analogy. Don't you reckon? Yeah, because I find that I got to a point where I was struggling to, to read for long periods of time. Man, that it's is scary, a condemnation of our generation, isn't it? Yeah. It got to a point where I was struggling to focus on a Netflix show because I was constantly scrolling. And I'm right now, I'm not at a good place. I was good for a while. I'm not uh, in, a, in a good place with my social media habits. Sounds like this podcast is just divulging into this topic anyway. Well, so we can continue on with it. Well, it, it is actually like a, I think it is truly an impressive point. In fact, Bill Maher made a great opening monologue about it or closing monologue, but like the opening paragraph in it, I think, was something along the lines of, and you rule. Everybody has to start pretending that the nerds in Silicon Valley are just, uh, you know, like glasses wearing guards that are bestowing us all of these gifts and really see them for what they are today, which is this generation's tobacco companies. Their entire business model is based off addiction. It's like, as one of them, it became like a great metaphor. He flipped. I think this was in 2017, 2016, but he was one of the people that was working at Facebook or whatever. He took his phone out and he very famously said, this is a slot machine. 
they have the same engineers that they have in Las Vegas that are working on trying to keep people there to a machine that is so addictive that people piss their pants and shit themselves instead of going to the toilet. Some people pass. This is common in Vegas. People pass out from like either dehydration or hunger because they don't even notice that. It's like that experiment with the rat that will just keep pressing for that little stimulus. Like if, if it doesn't know that food is coming, it'll just keep pressing the button even if it's full and it'll die. Just doing that. Yeah, that's it. You really need that dopamine hit. You need that dopamine hit. And that is designed to just give you a dopamine hit every nanosecond. Specifically tailored to you as well. Because it's just like, here's all the things that you like in the world. At you. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, no. Two hours went. And you can always justify it by saying, well, it's not not a cigarette. It's It's not alcohol. You can still be enriched by social media. You can find good articles. You can find funny videos you do need to stay up to date with the trends but overall it definitely does more harm than good and i say this as someone whose entire career is on social media man yeah i gotta i gotta do that i gotta do the one month detox i I guarantee you 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 know what else has happened as well like your brain Mm. because this is the whole thing your brain is constantly just being drawn into things that don't matter. But you know what else is the really uh, erosive effect of that, corrosive effect of that? You are not able to think long-term. And that's the thing that really scared the shit out of me when I realized, like, fuck, I just think about the next video that's coming out. I mean, I have my goals. They technically exist. I look at them. Yeah. But I'm not thinking about them throughout the day. I'm not moving towards them throughout the day. It like kind of just makes it this thing in the back of your mind of like, yeah, maybe. But like that is not what you're focusing on when you do that. Soon as I got rid of it, short-term goals, mid-term goals, long-term goals, working towards them every day, sun up to sundown. It's like I'm in Lithgow again and I had no access to the internet. And I think that the way that I got off it, just for anybody who wants to know, because that's the thing that they're always saying is you should go for just like the month-long detox and then put yourself back on it. But I don't ever want to do that. You know what I started with is I just don't want to go back to it in general, right? Um, I started with just like putting an hour of self-control. The app, if anybody doesn't know, I talk about it on Jordan Shanks all the time, but that app, self-control, is a lifesaver. It it actually gives you your life back. That is the ticket out because it just blocks off the internet for as long as you want. Like you can make it go for three months if you wanted, but, you know, don't. Just I think because you can convince yourself in your mind and you will have the self-control to do it, like you will just be like, yeah, I can be off it for an hour. That's fine. But what happens at the end of that hour is you're just like, wow, I feel way better than I would have if I was just on bullshit that entire time. And so you put it on for another hour and you put it on for another hour. And before you know it, you're only looking at social media for like 10, 15 minutes a day, God, which is what you should be looking at social media for 10 to 15 minutes a day. It's so tempting. It's like porn. You you feel like you deserve a reward for whatever you've done throughout the day. And you think, yeah, I'll just scroll through. Mm. I'll just go on Pornhub for a quick for a quick look. Mm. And then before you know it, you've watched uh, three videos that night or you've uh, been on social media for three hours. And, mm. and then you have this uh, self-hatred which makes you want to stay in it longer. 
Well, it definitely does that because it's constantly just like flicking through your mind, as you're saying, constant temptation. You're right. And it makes you, and this is the whole thing. Uh, I talk to teachers about this all the time. They have to give, they have to wean. Isn't this incredible? They have to wean kids off of social media apps like you would wean a child that was born to heroin addicts off of heroin. You have to give them their methadone. When they come into school now, when they're in kindergarten, and you take the, the screen away from them, it is like withdrawal screams. Like it, it's like frantic, fiendish stuff. And so what they have to do now is Jesus. teach them their alphabet by sending them them no. teaching them their alphabet. No. Yes. Well, in Australian, all Australian schools, do they do that? Well, I don't know, but the couple of teachers that I was talking to, I don't know if this is policy or whatever, but they just came to the conclusion like, I'll film myself saying A, 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 and send it to them. And they'll be like, yeah, okay. Oh. There was a reason that it's like morbid. Steve Jobs and I can't remember the other one. I think. Dear God. Maybe it might have been Mark Zuckerberg, but there's a few tech billionaires that refuse to let their kids touch this shit. Yeah. So, and Thank like, God, yeah, so it, it just makes you make worse decisions in everything. Like if you're talking about relationships and stuff like that, like, you know, your capacity to make better decisions is completely eroded by that. Completely eroded. You just go yep. for whatever the fuck is in front of you at that point, because that's what your entire brain is designed to do, right? Just whatever is in front of you, like that's reality at the moment. And if reality is flicking past like this, like... You're Your brain matrix. is not able to keep up with that. And so it just goes down to like the most base part of your brain because that's going to be the most instantaneous one. So you know how you've just got reptile, mammalian, and then the human or logical brain surrounding it? Yeah. Well, every decision that you ever make is first of all goes through the reptilian brain, then it passes the mammalian, and then it goes into you know, reasoning things through and thinking about it logically. But it starts there. And if you're looking at that, it doesn't have time to even reach mammalian. So, like, yeah, dude, like, I'm telling everyone right now, your life enhances tremendously. But do you stay off it forever if you take that one month off? Because I've done things like that before. I haven't, I haven't strictly taken a month off, but there's been periods where I've been far more disciplined with how I use social media. And then I always gradually go back onto it and justify it by saying... It's my career. I need it, which isn't false. I do need to post. I don't have someone that can post on every app for me. I, I could organize that. I could definitely take a month off posting, but I would eventually have to go back whether or not I'd have the discipline to do that for 15 minutes a day and then and then uh, just not look at it for the rest of the day. That's on me, I suppose. I think for you... You really should just do what I did because we're in the same boat in that I do technically need to check these things. I need to sort of know what's, and I'm not even in exactly the same boat, what's hot. Yeah. That's what you need to know. But I think that that's why you definitely, first thing in the morning, you make sure that you put on self-control. You, you do, that is the worst possible move you can make is looking at your phone first thing in the morning. You have set up, because the first hour of your day your brain is searching for the patterns that it wants to follow for the rest of the day 
And so that is known as the golden hour, the first hour that you were awake. Really? Yeah, it, it kind of determines the rest of your day after that in terms of your mood, in terms of your focus, in terms of your level of energy, all of these things are determined within the first hour. And if you look at that first thing in the morning, like you will see it over and over again, the rest of your day descends into a write-off, a complete, you may as well be hungover. So you definitely put it on for the first hour and then, you know, you do whatever you do in the first hour of the day. But everything else about your life, I, th- I think a massive thing that everybody always says of saying like, I'm depressed, I'm suffering depression. I think in the vast majority of instances, you're actually just on your computer too much. There's a direct correlation between how much time you spend on your computer and how depressed someone feels. It's why uh, teenage girls are the most depressed demographic out of every demographic. It is because they spend the most amount of time on Instagram, the most amount of time on TikTok, and these are the fastest Mm. of the social media apps. Mm. God damn. But the thing is, I think that you're in a much better position than others. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think I'm at a bit of a trough in my... uh... Life at the moment. Trough? What's that? You know, peaks and troughs. Oh, peaks and troughs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a really bad point, but uh, a few things have been happening and I'm just questioning a lot of things. Mm. But, uh, but this you is know the how thing. a few years ago. Do you ago, have the time to do it? Yeah, I do, of course. But do you know how a few years ago you were talking about where do you want to be at 50? Yeah. And I was adamant that I want to have one of the best stand up specials uh, that has ever existed. Mm I don't know now. I don't. I. I. I had all those goals. I had the ten-year plan. I had the five-year plan. I had what I wanted to be at fifty. I. 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 I was happy with how everything was going in my life. Although it was now looking back, last year was actually a little bit was quite hedonistic. It was. It was very fun. Don't get me wrong, mm. but that was never going to be sustainable, and it did come crashing down. Um, I need a, I need to just recalibrate a few things, I think, and really think about my goals again. And Why? What changed? A, uh, just, a, first of all, a few things in my personal life and then also that then ballooned into a realisation about a few other things and I think a lot of what I've been doing over the last few years was just to maximize pleasure and minimize work. Uh. And, you know, someone like you, you've got huge goals. You've got a major through line to your life and all your actions are leading up to something extremely meaningful. Now, I uh, had that and I, I felt like I had that, but I also put an exorbitant amount of focus on work-life balance to the extent where that almost became of a higher value for me where I felt like I needed to live my life and I needed to party and I needed to go out and, you know, bang girls or whatever. And that's clearly just not sustainable. It's fun, don't get me wrong. But I wonder if maybe I'm lacking that greater purpose or meaning right now. And I don't know. This is just a bit of a uh, 
tangent, watching a lot of Jordan Peterson again. He always helps. It's good that he's come back. Yeah. Yes, it is. But do you think that... Uh, do you think that... Because I, I, I do think that that is something that... I'm trying to hammer that point on my self-help channel a lot at the moment as well. Is everyone is always talking about the work-life balance. I think Tony Robbins has a much better philosophy on it, which is that you should just integrate the two. You should aim for a life where you're constantly working and by working, you're having fun. Because I think that... And like I've talked about this before where I was just like in a, in a workhorse mode or whatever, but I changed a couple of things, just a couple of things in my life. And then after that, the most work that I do is socializing. Like, I, it, like partying and stuff like that <laughs> is so much worse than working. It feels like work for me right now. Going and partying. Yeah, it depends on what the social occasion is, but I just avoid gatherings for the most part. And yeah. I come up with excuses, but really I just don't want to go. Yeah. Because it just feels like work right now. I'm fine. This is all very depressing, but I'm fine. But um, I, w- I wonder if I need a greater purpose. Your purpose seems to be, if correct me if I'm wrong, I want to be the voice of truth in the Australian media landscape. I want to really showcase the corruption that is occurring at the top tier levels of our government and change Australian politics for the better and change the lives of everyone and and, and genuinely help people. Whereas uh, I suppose a lot of my uh, higher values were always, I want to create that great stand-up special. I want to be able to, you know be extremely proficient at uh, dating and relationships and picking up and all these things were just for me at the end of the day. And I wonder if I'd be much more fulfilled if I have a greater purpose like that. Well, you definitely would. I talked to you about the six human needs before, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So what do you think out of those six do you think that you were mostly guided by? Uh, remind me, I just read this as well, but remind me what they are again. Uh, security, variety. Definitely security is one of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, significance, connection, and then those are like the the basic human needs. And then the ultimate human degree. Well, everybody, everybody needs those met. Yeah. Has those needs met. Depends on the vehicle that you're using. Sure. And then the last two that are like the spiritual needs of growth and contribution. And that's exactly what you're saying now, which is, and I know this for a fact, if you gear your life towards growth and contribution being the things that you predominantly think about in life, you will have a very fulfilling life. Growth is something that I have, I think, been... Uh, well-equipped enough with. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, contribution is uh, lacking. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that that's... What do I do for other people? Exactly, right? Like, But the thing is that... And I think this is just a thing of being younger. Like, when you're younger, all you think about is yourself. And then you get older and... Like, for instance, like a baby. All a baby thinks about is themselves. Like, 24 hours a day. That's it. You know, I saw a kid that was maybe five or whatever that was at the top of an escalator. And his mum took him away from it. And he started throwing 
like it was like he was being murdered. The biggest tantrum I can recall since maybe being on a flight to Dubai or something and the baby's ears hurt or whatever. But the mum was stopping him from getting grinded up in an escalator. So doing something unbelievably moronic. And he was the one sitting there just being like, this is an outrage. How can't you let me kill myself in a horrific way? Like, that's the stage that people are at at that age. They're that self-absorbed. And so, like, the older you get, the more people start thinking about, you know, their communities and stuff like that. So, But I think that the thing is that you should just try and fast-track that as quickly as possible to getting into growth and contribution and making those your two focuses in life because you're going to be driven by some of these needs. If you are driven by the two twins of growth and contribution, the other needs are more than met. This is the big secret to life that I don't think anybody realizes, that if you just do a lot of things for other people, like that goodwill is returned. It's not even like a hippie thing. This is just basic psychology. What do you, what are the main things you do other than your public service with your videos? Well, I do stand-up and I do... Um, I mean, sorry, I do I, I, I do my self-help channel and I do the videos that are uh, aimed at constantly trying to get people to focus on what is in the common good of Australia. Uh, yeah. And then the other things, like, you know, and then on top of that, I use now a pretty decent amount of money that I get from doing these things. And go to charity, don't they? Go straight to yeah. charity. So good on you. It's like a it's it's a constantly expanding thing that happens, and then like you know you use your you use your videos to educate people about the better decisions they can make with banking and things like that. Um, but yeah, if you if you just start focusing on that, uh, there won't be a day of your life where you feel like quote empty or unfulfilled and the other thing that i think that happens as well is you start getting better quality people attracted to you Hmm. if you're constantly just focusing on like where's your next party and stuff man especially at my age man when i go to some of the parties that i stopped going to and then i just go back to see what everybody's up to or whatever the people that are left are fucked they're so yeah, yeah. like they as one of them actually said, it was a really, really poignant, scary point. They are hanging around each other to not not as friends to justify their drug habits to one another. That's why they're still hanging around. Yeah, no, I'm not at that point. <laughs> so You're not at that point, fine. but I'm saying that like you know. Or in life, everything is just varying degrees, right? And, yeah. like, this is a very hippie th- point to say, but whatever, like, vibe you're resonating, other people will be either on board sure. with that vibe or they'll move away from it. No, that's 100% correct. It is 100% correct, yeah, isn't it? I just don't really have those clear career goals that I used to. Other than right now, I just want to keep growing these podcasts and keep growing TikTok. <laughs> but that's it. That's very vague and... I know what that looks like. Um, I wanted to, you know, first it was always, oh, I want to get into movies. I want to be a Chris Rock type of celebrity. I think that would be amazing, be the actor, but also the pop star 
stand-up comedian. Then it was I want to be very edgy but also intelligent stand-up comedian. Right now, I'm happy doing that small show I do. I don't like touring as much. Um, I love doing these podcasts. I really, I really actually enjoy this. This is, doesn't feel like work to me. It's, it's work setting it up. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have a sort of lofty 10-year career goal anymore. I don't really feel the push to uh, do that amazing stand-up special anymore. And then a lot of my goals were very much were actually kind of personal life-based. So it was spe- spend a lot more time with your friends, uh, really figure out the sort of relationship you want to have. And, yeah, you know, I tried some uh, doing some like I have spoken about on previous podcasts, uh, open, trying different structures, I suppose, and that didn't exactly work. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I should not Do worry you... so much about relationships and because and, what I'm good at is clearly comedy and and, and creating and, and speaking, I like to think, communicating. So that really 90% of my day I should be focusing on that but I'm not I'm thinking about other aspects of my life videos and 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 comedy and my content are now just 10 to 20% of my time I spend thinking about that well what's the other uh working out and uh relationships you can combine working out yeah yeah I mean working out not a bad, that's not a bad thing no it's not all. a bad thing I would but keep doing that but even that, now I'm starting to look at it and think, well, this is a very narcissistic. It's important to be healthy, but to sit there and go to the gym all day and look at yourself in the mirror and, you know, yeah, yeah. I do have, I have a pretty, I'm pretty happy with my body right now. It's not, you know, yeah, I could always, you can always get even bigger. You can Watch always, you, you know, have a full shredded six pack, but I've got all this, you know, this pre-workout, amino acid, this, um, protein and everything. And it's like, what am I, I don't know. Am I really, what am I achieving with this? I could maintain that till maybe 35 and then it starts getting harder and harder. And then you have to go on testosterone, which is what Joe Rogan and all those guys over 40 are on. And then thumb head. Which it's fine, but then by the time you're 50, 60, it's almost impossible to maintain that. I, I still think it's important to stay fit and healthy and strong, but I wonder if uh, maybe doing something other than just what, you know lifting weights would be more. I don't know. I'm clearly just speaking all over the place right now, but well, you can just do the. Maybe I, I think the, acid. the combination. Yeah. That does put a lot of things into perspective. I will yeah. say, not acid. Do shrooms because yeah. acids. Yeah, I don't think you need that. No, then again, I'm just I'd speaking from personal experience. I'll probably do shrooms. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. You should test well, that. Hit me up if you're in Sydney. Oh, I won't be on social media. I probably will be, but <laughs> hit me up if you're in Sydney. Um, no, I've got friends. Yeah, yeah, you will. I've got friends in the inner west. Yeah, i got white happens. friends in the inner west. <laughs> they know what's up. <laughs> they they know what really doing. know what's up. They probably fucking grow it themselves. Um. <laughs> Then I thought about maybe I want to make a really incredible feature film. Uh, but all these things, I think about it for a while. I think that would be great. But then I lose interest in it. In in the, Funnily enough, when I was 21, 22, I was so committed to just 
going viral and becoming a really famous stand-up and going to America and and then I just got quite uh, discouraged by certain uh, ideological norms in the arts world. You could say that. But I also just realized that's not a happy way to live my life. And I did focus on work-life balance, but now I'm just wondering if I was too skewed towards the life side and have, again, I don't party too much compared to, I think, what your friends do from what you've told me. Well, wouldn't be uh, possible. But um, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm having I'm having like a little mini existential... I wouldn't say crisis, but no. But it hurdle. definitely happens. It definitely happens in your mid twenties. You do. You reassess a lot of things. I don't know exactly why that is, but I just, it's a common thing. Yeah, I just sort of realised I maybe I'm living for myself quite a lot, and again, very very fun. <laughs> but you do get on a hedonic treadmill. You're like, oh, that was great. That escapade was a lot of fun. Now I want to do that again. Now I want to do that again every week. Oh, it didn't happen this week. Now I'm upset. Now I'm in a bad mood. And then you need that more and more. It does mm. become an addiction. Mm. Mm. Uh, so maybe I was just justifying a lot of hedonistic behavior by saying, oh, no, but it's fine. I'm I'm honest and I'm participating in work-life balance or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, if you were to contribute, what would you do? Because the best way, just as a tip for everybody listening, I think if you are in the same boat, contribution works best when you are employing your talents see, that's, to move towards something. See, that's where I'm thinking about it because I've, and I've, I've always thought about this for two, three years, but I've never done anything. It's really actually quite narcissistic in a way i'm like you know i want to do something charitable and virtuous but i never actually did it in the end um so there's a few things i looked up some volunteering i looked up uh you know caring roles uh planting trees there's volunteer options for just planting trees but i do also want to be able to use my platform and my talents for something good as well so i wonder what that could be. I I I, uh, I don't know. I I I like to think with uh well with this podcast and with sex sales as well. I am helping people, but I'm also just like I said. I just enjoy these. <laughs> but that's <laughs> fine. It's fun. But that's there's that's the best way to be doing something that contributes to the world, right? Is yeah. that you should be enjoying doing what you're doing. Yeah. There is no way or reason for what you to be doing in terms of charity or whatever uh, to be like a punishment. It shouldn't be. It's just that there's like millions, like what I was saying before, right? Like there's millions of different ways to meet all of your needs. As Tony Robbins always says, you know, you can get, you can get significance in life by winning a Nobel Peace Prize or you can get significance in life by murdering someone. <laughs> well, I'm you not going to do that. But you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm not going to like, do either of them. <laughs> Probably more likely Nobel to murder than win the Nobel Prize. <laughs> uh, but he's saying that, you know, 
it's the same need that is being met. Yeah, for just sure. completely different vehicles. So if you're doing Definitely something that is significant, like, especially if you uh, are a serial killer, we've talked about that too much. Yeah, you would if feel you make significant. A political assassination. Oh, you're yeah. remembered throughout history. Zodiac would feel very good about himself. Yeah, a lot of the evil dictators are going to be the most remembered people of the 20th century. There's your Gandhis and your Martin Luther King, but Hitler is probably the most memorable figure of the 20th century. Can, yeah. Would you disagree? Who else? Who comes close? Who would, uh, if you look at artists, there's, I don't know, Stanley Kubrick and Picasso and then your pop stars, Michael Jackson, but that's just the Western world. The whole world would remember Hitler. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think Einstein or Gandhi oh, would hold yeah, a flame. Einstein, Einstein will always be remembered. Yeah, but they're not. You're right. They're not in the same category. I think when it, if, if assuming there isn't a major catastrophe, if we're talking hundreds of years into the future, because Einstein did contribute so much to science, that may be remembered more fondly than. If there are other dictators that come about, maybe Hitler will get lost in a sea of evil people. Well, but that's, yeah, right now he he's the most significant person of the twentieth century. So that says a lot about our species. It says a lot about our species, but you know what else as well? I'm just going to say because I just see everything through this paradigm, but it also serves the propaganda model for the moment. And I think you're kind of right. If you think about it like 200 years from now, there'll be some other model, there'll be some other monster that people will be using as the example of like, you're like this person, you know? Yeah. But for now, he serves that purpose. But like Einstein, you're right. His contributions will live throughout the ages until someone finds something or does something more impressive, I suppose. I don't know. It's it's hard to say when you get to that level, like who's more impressive. There's probably much more important scientists that have been completely forgotten to history. Who That's knows? That's true. I'm sure uh, there's a lot more important people in general that have contributed far greater things that uh, just haven't been popularized in the same way. But then once you're embedded in the mythology... That's it. You're forever remembered. Yeah. Well, until that line of civilization dies out, I'm sure there were people 20, 30,000 years ago that were memorable figures or deities and ideas that were popularized throughout the sort of early agricultural period, but then they've now since been long forgotten or they've morphed into newer uh, ideas and characters and gods there may have been tribal leaders back then as well that were very that were that were known widely across the the sphere of uh, uh human uh civilization but now they've also since been forgotten in another 2000 years jesus and caesar could probably be forgotten really how long is your legacy actually going to be there max maximum 10,000 years i think who 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 has survived longer than that whose memory has survived longer than that whether their memory has lived on their legacy you could say has lived on because they've influenced so many people 
and those people have then adopted that and just morphed whatever they've been taught or or told or how they've been brought up and that just continues on so they've created their own uh, large branch of human ideas but then the 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 sort of we get so far up the tree that we forget about the the roots if you will uh but yeah when you talk about things like legacy and significance even that after a certain amount of time you're gonna be look 99.999 percent of people are just gonna be forgotten when they die and you're just alive for a certain amount of time and then that's it and so even maybe the most, maximizing and like what you're saying, pleasure like the is most the, deserving the most deserving might not be remembered either. That's that's it's true. Just kind of just exactly what you're saying. Just for some reason, that person got into popular culture or whatever, and so they're the one that remembered after they did. Yeah, you're so right. maybe p- maximizing pleasure is the right way to live. If even if you do contribute, it's going to be so minuscule and and forgotten about by the time you're dead. Yeah, but man, even if you're going to look at it from a hedonistic perspective. Does a hedonistic lifestyle actually bring you pleasure in the long term? It's like that phone, man. Like it, it gives you a sugar hit. Yeah, it makes course, you feel yeah. good for that specific moment, but it starts having a cumulative effect. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you get on the treadmill. And you, you get on the more treadmill, more and more, and you need bigger hit. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Like it, it, is it the same with contribution? Do you feel like maybe uh, uh, to an extent the significance continually needs to increase for you to feel as fulfilled? Yeah. That's just the expansionism of humans. Is that a bad thing, do you think? No. I think the bad thing is sitting around and not expanding year on year. I think that expansion, like everything, all of these... Uh, human conditions, I suppose, can either be used for good or bad. Mm. You can either expand your positive influence year on year or you can expand your negative influence year on year. I think that most people, most people feel really, and I see it, they start getting crazy after a while when they stagnate. They're insane now. Like there's a lot of people that I know that have just been stagnating for years. Haven't improved, haven't really un, like gotten worse, but like you know, the, the mental acuity just isn't there. They can't keep up with you in a conversation. Yeah. Uh, the 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 very like basic tools that they would need to get out of their rut slip away a little more each year. Mm. It's kind of like mm. looking at a homeless person, and people are kind of just saying like. You know, go get a job or whatever. That might be true, but that homeless person mentally is so far away from being able to keep a job. First of all, like they wouldn't even be able to muster the mental strength to go and ask for a job. They don't even have the mental strength to bathe. It's mm. It's been that far eroded. And so I think that really you don't have any choice but to expand. Which is cool that you're thinking about expanding into contribution now because you're still in your mid-twenties. And most there are a lot of people in the world that just leech their entire life. I mean, look at fucking John Barillaro. Never done anything for anyone ever and year on year expands his negative impact on the world. 
And again, because it's just a completely self-serving man. It's it's a, it's yeah. the wrong way to look at it, and I think that that's the whole thing. Like, uh, I used to think about legacy, I guess, as as being what you're saying of the uh, the memory that uh, that you will leave on the planet or something. But now I don't even think about it like that. I think about it as the impact. Yeah, what's going to be there or what isn't going to be there, and that's where contribution really kicks in. For a lot of people, obviously, family is a big, uh, big part of meaning in their lives. And most people, at least by my age, even would at least be thinking about, could be thinking about that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big commitment. Family. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Don't know if I'm there yet. Oh, I need a, I need a, a wife. That'd be the first That'd step. Well, first you don't step. need one. No, nowadays you don't. <laughs> you can adopt. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking about that. Inseminate a womb. You could do a that. A single... Uh... Well, you started with the cat. Yeah, I, I actually like the idea of adopting children. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Because, well, one, there's just, just Perfectly good kids. too many people on the planet. And and it's for selfish reasons more than anything, it's, it's two. You can still feel an immense... And an identical amount of love and appreciation and affection for children that aren't your biological children. Mm. And see why that wouldn't be the case. Mm. And then you also don't have to necessarily put up with the nappy phase and the like shitting and vomiting True. phase. <laughs> there is actually a lot of advantages. You just circumnavigate that whole first 10 years of your three kids being toddlers. Yeah. And just uh, start when they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Adopt a Korean kid, then they don't have to worry about whether they're going to be stupid or not. Yeah, that's yeah. Bring back a few (laughs) Asian kids because, well, if China takes over anyway, then they'll have an advantage with the way they look. So maybe I should just do that. Maybe that's where I find my meaning. Find a little. Do what Selma did. I think it's Patty, just... What, oh, <laughs> what Jub Jub. Yeah. No, not Jub. The little... She adopted the Asian baby. Oh, way later on. Yeah, yes, she did. one of the later seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, you could do that. I just I, I just really think that, like, uh, you're, you're in a position to aim a lot higher than just having a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to all the people out there who have kids. Yeah, no offense to you. Just guys. having a kid—that's easy. <laughs> I mean, look—you know, there there are people in the world. This is possible to do things on a macro scale and also raise sick kids. Like all of these things are possible. Yeah, people do that, and people it's very do that. Impressive. Yeah, and I think it's just like a a real commitment to constantly prioritizing your focus, which again, get off that shit. That is, is the first thing that you need to do is to detox from that. Yeah. And you will just notice that your mood in general just improves instantly. You will get, inst- like, I'm telling you, block the internet off with a self-control app for an hour. Tell me you don't feel better at the end of it. Tell me you don't feel way better at the end of it. Tell me you don't feel centered. Like just getting that nice little wave that you 
remember having, I guess, when you were like 10 years old playing with Tarzos or whatever, like that comes back. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of contribution, I'd say that what you do, in fact, you should probably just do it as the first thing that you do tomorrow is you just take off your phone, uh, you sit there and then you just write down what are the things that I could do to employ my talents and have fun while contributing. And you should be constantly like moving your focus back to that because look, it'd be of great benefit to the planet, but also uh, everything else, it is really the secret to life. Actually, that's Tony Robbins's point of just being like, the secret of living is giving. Once you start focusing your life around that, everything else just falls into place. And again, not instantly. It's kind of just like working out. You don't get instant results the first time you go to the gym. But just like when you go from back from the gym afterwards and you just like, you wake up the next day and you're just like, Jesus, you know? Hmm. Even the first time that that happens, it's exactly the same with this. But it really, hmm. uh, everything else in life just works. Yeah. Yeah. Got to... Gotta do some thinking. All right, well, let's finish this one on a question. So I'm gonna have to look at the phone. But uh, it's on flight <laughs> yeah, mode. Yeah, it is yeah. on flight mode. So uh, give me one second. All right, this one this is from Cameron. It is a bit of a long one, but Cameron. here we go. Question for Neil and Jordan. Hey boys, just want to start with a quick thank you for the work you two are doing. I've been listening to the pod since it started, and I've been using the advice in it, as well as Jordan's self-help channel and Neil's other pod to improve various aspects of my life. Most of the goals I've set are still a work in progress, but are further along than they otherwise would be without the work you two are doing. Oh, thank you. Well, that that's nice. I'm Good on you, Contributing to See? Here. I've been exercising more regularly. I'm aiming to read 20 books this year. Good on you. Good on you, yeah. And I've been trying to get into daily meditation. Neil might be slightly better equipped to answer this question. Oh, that's rare. But I thought I'd ask for what advice you have for seeking access with dating apps. Oh. Damn. I just, I'm just talking about how they've... Ruined my life, but <laughs> you know, uh, I'll go into that on a podcast with Eliza eventually. Uh, Bumble and Hinge are the main ones I use, but I will, I definitely will have advice. Okay, I believe I'm relatively good looking, but I'm sure I could work on my profile to get more matches, and I feel like I work on my conversations with my matches. I'm all right at holding conversations in person or over the phone, but messaging is a bit of a different environment where we often may not be able to respond to each other's messages for several hours, and something about that just makes me feel a bit out of my depth for some reason. Interesting. Okay, just one more thing. I recall martial arts being briefly brought up on an episode from either December or January, I think, the one about weak people. I'm wondering if you could recommend any good places in Sydney for that. Keep up the great work, lads. Regards, Cameron. Lovely question. Finally, one that I feel like I can answer better than you, Jordan. And also, I've got a question for you. What the fuck is the point of Hinge? I don't use Hinge. I've never understood it. I've went on it once. I don't get the questions. I don't get the whole layout of it. It's supposedly a nicer dating app. It's not Tinder, which is yeah. But there's the Bumble. One. What's the point? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay, don't know. all right. So uh, it's just useless Bumble. First of all, for martial arts, the place I go is in Strathfield. It's called Jinmu. Our Korean martial arts is wonderful. So if you live around the inner west, that one's a great one. They do Taekwondo there. They do boxing. They do jiu-jitsu uh, and judo. And they do the Korean sword one. I don't know what that's called. Kendo? Yeah, kum- kumdo, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that one's sick. 
I want to get into that. Looks that looks cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so sex with uh, dating apps. I'm real, I'm relatively good looking. Okay, so I my thing with the dating apps is depending on what you want and what you're looking for, that will determine how you can organize your profile. So if you're looking for a more serious connection and relationship, you want to have nicer photos that are showcasing different hobbies, different interests. Uh, also, you looking good, but maybe one in a suit, one out somewhere formal, one out in the backyard with the dog. Just be really sweet, be really nice with the photos. If you're going to put shirtless ones and, you know, workout ones in there, do it in a way that's maybe not as uh, audacious, so maybe not a gym selfie, but if there's a nice photo of you at the beach or something, you can do that. Now, my strategy on Tinder and that is like I'm sort of, my profile's a bit of a piss take. So I've got like very like obvious fuckboy photos on there where I'm like shirtless, flexing in the mirror, but my caption is just, you know, I'm obviously joking and I'm obviously being so egregious that it hopefully comes across as, man, this guy's clearly just taking the piss, even with his profile. And my description is something like free-spirited white girl looking to find a, the next person to go on like a vegan adventure with or something like that. Like just Good clearly I'm, I'm out there just to have fun. Yeah. I'm out there just like yeah. uh, I've got some pretty good photos on there. Um, and look. I'm sure like 90% of my matches is because people are like, oh, that's the guy from the videos. So I can't attest to, you know, get get famous on YouTube. That's some advice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just think have a variety of photos, have like sweet ones, but also some that are very good looking. Don't have too many that are just uh, brooding and, and looking really intense, but then maybe have one or two that are a bit, I guess, sexy and then others that are sweet and nice, but also... You look good in. All right. Now, I'm all right at holding conversations in person or over the phone, but messaging is a bit of a different environment where we often may not be able to respond to each other's messages for several hours. Well, that's pretty normal. I don't, I don't, I, if it's off putting to you, it's something you probably just have to get used to because if you're too needy on those messaging apps and if you're messaging too quickly, it's Shows. gonna, it'll, it'll turn, it'll turn the girl off. So, However long she's messaging, take about the same time, I'd say. Mm. You don't have to make it a strict rule. I'm not one for like very strict rules with messaging where oh, I've got to wait three days or you've got to wait. Feel it out. Just, all right, she's messaging quite sporadically every couple of hours. You probably, probably do, do the same. Likewise, she's suddenly doing this burst of messages within an hour. You can also like you know be on board with that. But I'd just say try to just read the way she she might be on the app as a joke a lot of girls are just on there to like pass the time and seek a bit of validation we're all on there for that let's be honest she might be on there looking for something serious there's nothing wrong with being up front as well just asking hey just uh make it like a fun like a little cute joke or something but then just being like hey like what are you just out of curiosity what are you looking for on this app just be more open and things that's always good um, I don't know, I could work on it. Really, is just the uh, extension of the main piece of advice of dating women, which is that you cannot make that the center of your life. You can, and you can become extremely successful at quote like laying chicks, but 
it will be of detriment to the rest of your life. Yep. But especially if you're not going to make it like your main autistic focus in life and that's it, you will get bad results if you're doing that kind of stuff of like, she didn't message back. Like you should have enough going on in your life that you're the one looking at the phone and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll respond that, to that's that. That's a good point. That's a really good point. You've got to be like, ha- have your life in control and under... Uh, and and be happy and wholesome enough so that it's not a need for you to get the validation of her messaging yeah, back it's immediately. It's it's okay. I've got time now after all the hobbies I've done and after my work to now I can be on the app message. And that's something. Hell, even I am not very good at. Um, I think I've uh, spent, especially the last couple of months at least, really focused on you know doing things like that and. Again, very fun. And I think I am at a... I'm probably not like a pickup artist, but I'm at a point where I like I can I, I can do that now. I've proved every... I don't need to do that anymore. Mm. I, I like it. It's fun. It'd be good if mm. I can still do that once every so often. Mm. So I still do believe in like the philosophy of maybe having an open relationship. But yeah, it, it, it is also a lot like a slot machine and it will... I, I'll tell you this from my just very recent personal experience. It will... It will hurt you. And it will hurt oh, other yeah. people as oh. well. So uh, it's don't designed to. just just uh, it's very alluring for younger guys, especially if they don't have a lot of success with women, to think, oh, one, I want to be that guy that can just get laid whenever he wants and like and and sleep with a different girl every week, and also have like a really amazing girl that I'm dating. And yeah, it's. Look, it's, I'm not trying to say that's me necessarily, but look, it was fun for a while. We'll just say that. But it, it'll come crashing down. So don't, um, yeah, just think about that. You re- and also Don't become on top of the that. 40-year-old pickup artist. D- do not. Yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> don't autistically think about it. Like I have been for a long time and now I just don't want to anymore. I think thinking about relationships is good uh, because that's such a major focus point of our lives and like having good skills with dating and understanding the psychology of men and women and dating is important but to like sit there and like autistically think about every move you might have made that you could have done differently what did I do that made her attracted how did that work and it's also at the end of the day it is just practice really it's like anything the more you do it yeah you'll at first get rejected a lot and it'll be such a ordeal to try to ask a girl to come home with you the first time but then after a while it just becomes natural the routine it's just the routine it's a couple of drinks push and pull very amicable conversation fun keep it light keep it flirty and then after a while hey like do you want to get a i've got a bottle of wine at my place just keep it casual like that it's it's, like it just it does work like I, i'm not again i'm not trying to brag or anything here but because i'm actually no just yeah they're just not recommending i'm just saying don't actually do this live this life but um in terms of yeah dating advice that i guess is the best i'd give just be uh the best way to keep girls interested and engaged is to actually have a lot of other things going on in your life so that you're not needy and that you're not sitting there thinking about every message and checking whether she was active 20 minutes ago or whatever and you can just message her at the at the end of the day when you've got time and see each other once or twice a week um so i'd say with a lot of the that 
pickup and dating advice. It's actually being in control of other aspects of your life, which is going to benefit that more than anything. Yeah. Unless, like Jordan said, you do become that like autistic PUA. That it will work, but then it, you almost have to forego everything else in your life to just focus in on that. And after a while, it just becomes a numbers game. And you don't want that. Trust me. You don't want that. Just really focus on every other aspect of your life. Uh, staying fit, staying healthy, having hobbies. It's a big thing. Have a good hobby. Women do really like a man with a hobby from what I've heard, with a passion, with a... Uh, you don't have to be rich or super successful, but if you're just passionate about something and you're good at something uh, and you're fun and you can be flirty and you can turn that side of you on, uh, but you're also just very kind and honest and uh, that... And yeah, well dressed. Don't have to be wearing Gucci or anything. Just uh, be well groomed, and wear nice fitting clothes. Uh, at the end of the day, I think that's really all it is. Yeah. The other thing that I'll add is uh, I was just reading a book that was saying, according to the data uh, on dating apps, you should be wearing red shirts. You get more matches from that. Well, there you go. Statistically. I don't see, I don't, you can look at some of that sort of stuff. There are websites out there that will meticulously figure out a lot of the uh, exact things you can do to increase your matches. But but yeah, like really, uh, just, I think that he's, he's really onto something there in that uh, women will be naturally attracted to you if they can sense that you, that they are not the prize. I think that that's it. If they can sense that you're not sitting there just being like, fuck, this is the best thing that's happening in my life is maybe sticking my peony in this one woman. Like they will be repelled by that. Women are attracted to men of high value. And as Neil is saying, high value does not necessarily mean rich. It means somebody who has a rich inner world really is what it means is that they have a lot of things going on in their life. And basically what you're saying in your communication, in your subcommunication, is like, do you want to be part of this ride? Because that's really what chicks are looking at when they're looking at guys. Do I want to be part of that ride or not, or that journey or whatever? Do I want to go into that world? And like, if your world sucks and you're just being like, yeah, come on to my planet, then it'll be better if you're there. That's the wrong way of looking at it. It's kind of just like, yeah, my world's really fine. You can come onto it if you want. Yeah. That's very true. And I think that that kind of just, I don't know anything about dating apps, but just from people that I know, like you and my other friends that are on dating apps a lot, they're all saying exactly the same thing. And you see it happening. People that have fun or important lives have things going on. They get more matches. It just it just reads in your subcommunication, even in the way that you message and things like that. Yeah. There is a completely different psychology to it. Yep. That's uh, it's very true. Yeah. All right. Well, Cameron, thanks for that question. That was great. Cheers, uh, Cameron. Thank you guys for listening to that one. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs>